0: Welcome back to episode 89 of the Draft FC Podcast. Welcome back to the Draft FC Podcast, a podcast dedicated to all things Draft FPL. My name's Mitch and I'm your host for another game week preview, looking ahead to game week three. Now, before we get into the juicy stuff, I am duty bound to tell you that if you're yet to check out draftfc.co.uk, we are now offering a seven-day free trial for all new users, which gives you full access for the week and lets you see what you're missing before parting with any of your hard-earned cash. So there's no reason why you can't go and have a look at everything we've been working on over the last few months. It was another enjoyable uh, game week, game week two. Um, Not so much for me in a draft sense. Had a pretty shoddy week. For the old draft team. But footballing wise. There was plenty on offer. Some decent matches there. Again not a huge number of shocks. Apart from the fact that Brentford only won 4-0. Against Man United. Other than that. Everything seemed to pretty much go as as standard. I'm recording this on Tuesday the 16th. So Liverpool and Palace drew uh, 1-1 last night. Which I guess was a pretty, pretty big shock. Particularly away from home. But Darwin Nunes hardly covered himself in glory there. And we will mention that later on. With one of my. Uh, hidden gem picks. So as I said, I'm recording this episode on Tuesday the 16th of August so any team news, injury developments or press conference clues are up to date as of then and of course subject to change. Some of the players I'll be discussing in this episode include Saliba, Rodrigo, Consa, and Carvalho. So let's get into it. So let's have a look at the fixtures then for game week three. Uh, The early kickoff stands out. Spurs at home to Wolves. Even though it wasn't a great result, 2 2 at at Chelsea, I think the nature of the way that game went will mean that Spurs will be on uh, hopefully a bit of a high. Wolves still sort of stuttering a little bit, but haven't been as bad as I think some people thought they would be. But were obviously quite lucky in the end to get away with the draw at Fulham after Mitrovic's penalty was saved. Quite a few games that could go either way. Palace Villa. Everton Forest, Fulham Brentford, Leicester Southampton would hardly be able to call any of those. Arsenal's fixture away at Bournemouth stands out and they've actually got a very nice run now um, all the way up to game week nine which I'm going to mention a little bit later. West Ham and Brighton should be a good game and then Monday night football Liverpool there again away to Man United. Now I think lots of people will be expecting uh, a decent result for Liverpool here and I wouldn't necessarily bet against that but But I think from both team perspectives, there isn't really a better time to play each other. Man United are obviously on a massive low at the moment, but Liverpool also have loads of injury problems, particularly up front and at centre back. Um, And so both teams um, would be going into their reasonably confident. Um, United obviously can't buy a win at the moment, but uh, if they can't get up for that game, they can't get up for anything. So a new little segment I'm going to do each week is waiver watch, where I'll tell you the most waved in and most waved out players um, in the previous week, according to our data on the Draft FC Global Dashboard. So the most waved in players last week were Saliba, Shah, Gross and Cessignon, And the most wavered out were Thiago, Schmeichel, Werner and Mings um, for obvious reasons. So into my main picks. And the first one is Saliba. Um, currently owned in around 36 percent of leagues in 18 leagues and as i mentioned arsenal have a cracking run of fixtures up to the north london derby in game week nine ignore the red flicker on united away in game week six because as it stands that is a banker the minus one in the last game is not reflective of how he's done so far and i can't see him losing his, his place in the team for now so for two out of three leagues out there He's a very easy waiver to make this week. Maybe you were waiting until after the Leicester fixture. and With hindsight, that was very sensible. Next is Pascal Gross. Just worth mentioning him again. Obviously highlighted him on last week's pod following their impressive result against Man United. Again, he had an XG above 0.5 from his one shot and is still up there in the overall uh, XG table. Many draft managers already moved um, as he was amongst the most waved in, according to our dashboard, as I just mentioned. But for those who haven't already, Brighton have a very nice run of fixtures and he's very much in form. Another midfielder is Emi Brandia for Villa. Uh, in eight team leagues, he's available in around 40 to 43% of leagues. So um, I'm fairly sure we'll see him quite high up on the wavered in list Uh, next week ahead of their match away at Crystal Palace I think he's done enough to start the next game but we're still not very clear who the first 11 are finally on the main picks it's the the main man Rodrigo for Leeds who's currently leading the way in uh, FPL points with 22 through the first two games Um, now I had Sinistera high pre-draft but thanks to his injury Rodrigo has uh, fully taken advantage of the starting spot that he's had at the beginning of the season And for now, it looks very much nailed down and he's looked very lively. Obviously, currently top goal scorer with three goals after the opening two games. Leeds do have a difficult fixture at home to Chelsea this week. But following that, they've got a pretty decent run as well up to around game week 10. Hard to ignore him when he's in this sort of form. And if it does drop off or he loses his place, um, I don't think you'll lose too much value by just dropping him back into the waiver pile. Onto the hidden gems then. So these are all players with less than 10% ownership in most league sizes. Uh, the first one is Bazuno, Southampton goalkeeper, has managed to get save points in both of the opening games so far, though obviously hasn't managed to keep a clean sheet, which will be a concern, but he's very much nailed on. Away to Leicester, um, followed by United and Chelsea. So if you're in very small leagues, you can 100% wait on him. But if you're in larger leagues and he's still in the waiver pile, then you very much need to pick him up. Next is Joachim Anderson for Crystal Palace, had a really good game in uh, in the opening game week against Arsenal, putting long ball after long ball over the top, always seemed to be finding a teammate. We didn't really see as much of that on Monday against Liverpool, as Palace played a lot more within themselves, uh, particularly up until the Ricard, and clearly Anderson was much more preoccupied with pissing off Darwin Nunes and doing a very good job at that. Um, rather than spraying balls everywhere but obviously Crystal Palace are at home this week to Aston Villa who still haven't really got into a rhythm yet Um, as I said a minute ago I think that could be quite a tight game and hard to call Um, but not the worst option if you're looking for a clean sheet shout and could be someone that does something at the other end too obviously the opposing team there is Aston Villa now Diego Carlos came off uh, during that win over Everton um, and reports this week have have uh, said that he's ruptured his achilles which is really unfortunate um, because that'll basically rule him out for most of the season um, as such it would seemingly pave the way for a return for concert back into the starting 11 the only spanner in the works could be if callum chambers is preferred due to his uh, superior retention and distribution skills on the ball in very large leagues i think Chambers could be an interesting gamble but for now uh, I think Concer and Mings are likely to be the main two at the back again. Next particular mention to uh, the Leicester defence in general aside from Castagna the ownership for the likes of Evans, Fafana, Justin and Amati is all below 10% Uh, with Southampton at home this week it's hard to say which Southampton obviously is going to turn up but again similar to Crystal Palace, not the worst shout for a clean sheet this week if if they don't turn up. Both of these clubs look like they could really struggle this year. And while I don't expect uh, a clean sheet in this game, I'd probably predict a score draw. Um, as I said, not the worst odds if you're desperate. And for the likes of Fofana, could be an interesting little early investment if it sounds as though that move to Chelsea is going to go ahead then uh, I would expect him to go and play quite a lot of games for Chelsea considering the potential financial outlay they're looking to spend on him. Um, So yeah, could could be an interesting one just to pick up and see if the stock goes up. Another Crystal Palace player is uh, Eze. He's probably someone that's been in all of our draft teams at some point over the last year or so. Um, I was actually surprised um, that Uh, I think I saw the other day he's 24 years old. In my head, he was still sort of 19, 20 and and very much on the up. So we really should be expecting to see him entering his prime about now. His place in the starting 11 at least looks pretty assured for now and he got his first assist setting up Zaha for the opening goal uh, in that game at Anfield. Um, Amazing that actually that his ownership is less than 10% because I thought he was quite a popular pick uh, around draft day and uh, Palace are another team apart from Manchester City. Uh, Next week in game week 4 they I've actually got quite a nice set of fixtures for the next couple of months. So yeah, could be one you're interested in. Next is uh, a pick that I wouldn't have had in here um, before yesterday's game. Obviously, Darwin Nunes sent off um, will be out for a good handful of games. I think it's uh, I think at least three, but depending on what happens, um, if if anyone else steps in, it could be more. But at least three games. Luis Diaz on the left and Mo Salah on the right, I think, are fairly settled. But obviously down the middle, Um is injured. Uh, Diego Jota's injured. Obviously Nunez is out. So there aren't many other options. Um, hence why Fabio Carvalho, new signing uh, this summer, could be a decent shout. We've already seen him come off the bench in both games and get sort of uh, 10, 15 minutes in each of those. And he has looked decent. He had uh, he had one shot in Anglia yesterday, which um, wasn't far away at all. And, and that really would have made him a hero if that had gone in quite late on. Um, but I think there's a very decent chance he starts the next game uh, away to Man United. The only thing that would put me off uh, would be if there were any news um, before the waiver deadline which um, pointed towards Firmino or Jota being ready for that game because I think Klopp would very much prefer one of those to be in the number nine. And I think Carvalho is ultimately um, better off coming in from the wing. But if they had to move those guys around... Um, there's not many other options, so he could be an interesting one to get a start. Uh, and if he does well, um, or if the injuries carry on uh, a bit longer, could be in the team for a little while. Next, I've got two Nottingham Forest strikers. Um, obviously quite a growing force being amassed at Nottingham Forest at the moment. Not a day seems to go by without them either being linked or announcing that a new player has been announced. So, um, obviously in the opening game week, they played with Surridge and, uh, uh, and Johnson as predicted um, storage made way for our Nihi in game week two. And, and that actually looked really good against West Ham. I think the two linked up quite well. Um, wasn't the, the best striking partnership you've ever seen. They often found themselves quite far apart at times. And uh, I think Johnson was, was often the one acting as supplier. Um, when I think he would have preferred to be in the box a little bit more, but anyway, they've also added, uh, Emmanuel Dennis to the ranks. Um, who we'll all be familiar with from Watford last year, who did his uh, did his draft managers very well uh, for certain times during the season. And also they're being linked with Neil Mopay from uh, Brighton. Now, I wonder whether they were linked with Dennis and Mope together. And it was a case that maybe they're going to get one or the other. But as it stands, it sounds as though they're all going to be in the squad um, come the end of the transfer window and how they're all going to fit in i really don't know because say apart from surridge all four of the others would be expecting to start games and maybe that's the point there's just plenty of competition um the likes of dennis and Mope, you know even now he would work pretty well as as impact subs i think given the form from last season and what he's already shown this year i can't see how uh, how Johnson makes way from that team. Uh, I think he, he can be moved around quite easily, he can pull back into more of a number 10 role, works quite well coming in from wide as well. So I doubt he will lose his spot very often, but from the other three, they all look to be pretty much uh, out and out centre forwards. We've seen Emmanuel Dennis play from wide a little bit. So whether that signals a change of formation or if they just want the flexibility to be able to change formation during the games, because you know, with the best will in the world, they are going to end up having to chase quite a few games. I think if I was a Forest fan, I'd probably want one or two defenders maybe to be linked. Um But uh, it's quite exciting. It's, um you know, looks like they're just going to try and blow teams away and outscore them. But I think if you're with waiver priority this week, Emmanuel Dennis uh, ain't a bad shout, particularly in the very larger leagues, because we already know what he can do in, in the Premier League. My most hidden gem pick this week is Carvalho um, for Liverpool, so I won't go into the rationale why, as I just explained it before. Um, just one main on the get rid list this week, which is uh, Diego Carlos, as already mentioned. Um, just can pretty much be out for the rest of the year. Uh, a couple of trades um, to discuss that have been messaged to me uh, in the last couple of days or so. I won't say who sent these in as... Um, they weren't actually sent in to be read out on the pod, but while I've got them and uh, I've got this segment, why not? So uh, first trade in a six-team head-to-head league, Salah and Chilwell for Hung min Son and Robertson, obviously four pretty big names there. But given uh, the way Chelsea's squad seems to be shaping up and how well Cucurella's already slotted in, he would be the main concern out of those four names. So I'd probably lean Sonnen and, and Robertson just for the pure nailed-on starts, but obviously Saliba himself um, could quite easily blow those two away. Um, so yeah, I'd probably opt for Sonnen and Robertson there, but it's obviously tight. And uh, another another trade message for a 12-team head-to-head league. Um, again, Robertson involved Robertson, Martinelli, Cornet and Ings for Target, Gunduan, Huang, and Darwin. So I wonder if that trade has been uh, taken back now that Darwin is going to be out for a little while. So um, always very difficult to judge trades like this. The more players that are involved, the harder it gets. Obviously, the more variability there is. Um, I would say on the face of it, it doesn't seem too hard. I think Robertson, Martinelli, Cornet and Ings would be my preference over target gunduan huang and darwin target and huang could very much easily end up being waiver fodder um gunduan decent pick and uh, darwin's obviously a good pick there Uh, but especially now he's gonna be out for a few games i'd much much rather have robertson martinelli yeah a lot more points i think there um than the bottom one so that's where i'd go for that so that's it for this episode the waiver deadline this week is on Friday morning at 11 a.m. ahead of the main FPL deadline on Saturday morning at 11 a.m. against the early kickoff which is Spurs against Wolves. As I mentioned at the top of the show uh, there is now the option of a seven-day free trial on draftfc.co.uk so you can come and explore uh, the dashboard. So the global dashboard provides you with all of the ownership data. that the amount of players getting waved in, waved out, who the top managers are bringing in. So a lot of these stats are the ones that I bring into the podcast and they're all completely there for you to look at and use yourself. Um, As I said, you can have a look at them for free this week with the free trial. You'll also have access to the personal dashboard, which breaks your league down uh, in ways that you can't see anywhere else. And moving forward will be uh, where we allow you to rank your league against all the other leagues in the world, which will be really exciting um, and uh, something that I'm sure we'll all be interested to share. If you're a fan of the podcast, even if this isn't your first time, make sure you're subscribed so you don't miss out on any future episodes on whichever platform you're listening to. Give us a follow on Twitter at Draft underscore FC. Um, as I always say, it's probably the easiest way to get hold of us and send us messages. And that's where those trades I just read out came from. I'm usually pretty active on there. If I don't reply straight away, I tend to uh, at least sit down and go through all the messages uh, in good time ahead of the waiver window. So that's it for this episode. Um, obviously, still early days. So don't panic if you haven't made the start that you wanted. Uh, I'm telling that to myself. Uh, as well as you guys, and as always, stay sure.